0: This year, I travelled across Ireland, visiting families, getting a snapshot of what life was like for them in Pandemic Ireland 2020. This week, join me to listen back to ordinary voices describing extraordinary times.
1: Like Family with Brenda Donoghue.
0: Back in April 2020, the country was in lockdown. Schools closed, we worked from home, as cases and deaths peaked. It was a worrying time. But my journey began by meeting one County Meath family with other things on their
1: minds. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie.
0: Casey is in County Meath and it's all about the number three. She's in third class. There are three people in her family and her mammy Emma is expecting triplets with Dave. With her three sisters about to be born any day, Casey fills me in.
2: It could happen any day now. Um, We have everything ready to go. Like We have the three bags in the boot and for the hospital. So you are... Here. I am. <laughs> um The weirdest thing for me I think is going to be saying our ma'am because I've only ever said my ma'am. So it's going to be weird.
3: <laughs> she has to share me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited because I always wanted a brother or a sister, but I never thought I would ever get three. Maybe in different goes, but not in the same.
4: <laughs> you did just you? wish too hard I think, did you? Yeah.
2: We'd a wish each.
0: Do you know how calm and quiet things are now and how you're kind of number one everywhere? But it's all going to be thrown upside down in a couple of weeks or, or today, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Maybe even Jordan this interview, we might say My waters are broken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Emma, all joking aside, how imminent are the arrival
3: of they literally could come any minute I'm not even going to say any day because I woke up this morning and I was like this. Could... I was to David like that could have happened last night I was thinking like I'm going to have to go in last night just getting just, I'm really feeling at the end of it all now like you know I can feel all the pressure I'm feeling all the the, the end twinges if you know what I mean so yeah it really can happen any minute now I'm terrified of walking up the stairs I'm like is the water going to break when I go up the
4: stairs <laughs> I think
0: we better rush and get this
4: in. <laughs> and, and Tim, how are you getting on? Are you working from home? Are you still in a job? Uh, no, well, Next. I was going to put out of work for a couple of weeks now due to the COVID 19. I do driving as a job. But, uh, yeah, it closed down first. I was told it was going to be a week, then I was told it was two weeks. And then now it's just kind of waiting on a call to come back to work, really, you know. So.
3: I hope he doesn't go back too soon. Yeah.
4: Yeah, <laughs> uh, like, I, I like I didn't think it was gonna hit or impact this hard, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. Be busy. Let's
0: hope
3: go
4: well. When did you hear about the pandemic? When I first heard about it in China, like I didn't think much of it. Like mm. but I didn't see the seriousness of it. It's
3: something that happens to other people, Do you know. That kind of way, it wasn't something that we were thinking of. But then, as it started creeping into our lives uh, through the hospital, for every two weeks, you could kind of see the restrictions being greater, heavier heavier. you know, at all times. And then it was actually our very first appointment in the Rotunda because i have been attending Drada. But we didn't actually realise until we got to the door that David wasn't allowed in.
4: Yeah, the security guy just said, I'm not allowed in, we'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And I think
3: that was the beginning of it as well for me for the worry because I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself like, what what what's going to happen from here? Like, if he's not allowed in now, like, what's going to happen next? How are
0: the
4: restrictions going to impact on the births? Well, I'll be allowed in for the delivery only. Then, as soon as the babies are delivered, I'll be asked to leave the hospital. Uh, I won't be able to go to the NICU to see them at all the six or seven weeks they're going to be in there. So, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have three babies that I'll see for maybe five minutes when they're born, and then they're going to be rushed straight to the NICU. And then, uh, yeah, we'll have to leave Emma there after having the C-section on her own. Then I'll have to leave my three little premature daughters in the NICU on their own for six or seven weeks. Like, we already
3: knew Casey wasn't going to be able to be a part of the NICU journey, in the sense that she wasn't going to be allowed in to meet her sisters. But it means that I myself only have 15 minutes to visit the babies every day.
4: So that's five minutes per baby. But,
3: uh, I'm just going to be trying sorry <laughs> everyone's crying okay crying. I'm just going to be trying to the babies are already so loved and when they come sorry
4: <laughs>
3: we all we all want to enjoy them you know but I know that I'm going to be bringing so much love from our house to the hospital with me in the 15 minutes you know it's tough yeah
4: it's tough, but it has to be done. You know, it has to be like done. it's understandable. This
3: is the thing. Like we do understand. it. it's a oh,
4: while, well, it is frustrating. I do understand it at the same time. You know, it's got to be a long few weeks. What is your
3: ultimate dream?
4: Say at the moment, <laughs> just to get out of the house <laughs> and go out <laughs> and see friends. Yeah.
2: When I close my eyes, I'm more excited to hug my little
3: sisters. When I'm closing my eyes and I'm thinking about what I cannot wait for. I can't wait for my mum to be able to come. I can't wait for your mum to come. Yeah. I'm getting upset again.
5: I'm
4: sorry.
3: <laughs> I just can't wait to introduce everybody to the babies. That's what it is. I don't want to have to be standing outside the window with these little persons. 20
4: babies.
0: This is Packy in County Wexford, and he's four. That's Ed, teaching him the guitar. He lives with his mum, Becky, his little sister, Bella Rose, and his big sister, Molly, who's in fifth class. I first met the family when Bella Rose was a very sick baby. She's now three. It's great to see you again. It's great
6: to be back here. Becky, so much has changed, but first of all, the tattoos. Oh, yeah. Added a few, all right. So I suppose the biggest one is one I got done for Bella, It says, though she is, but little, she is fierce. Um, And it's covered with roses, obviously, Bella Rose. So I have a crown, princess crown for Molly. Um, I have a sugar skull on my back. I think I had a bit of a a midlife crisis (laughs) or something. Yeah, I went, I was to get more done. But to be honest, the pain of the one that's here on my elbow was just so bad. I was like, right, I'm taking a break for a little while. So
0: The interesting thing about... Your experience as a family with the lockdown is that it's not a new experience to you.
6: Since we had Bella nearly four years ago now, um, every single bug or germ was life-threatening to Bella and it always has been life-threatening. Kind of for the first two years especially, we were in lockdown. I left my house once a week and that was when I had a Jack and Jill nurse that came in. We didn't let people in. We've always been in isolation. And I just think maybe if people could sit back and have a think about what it's like for a full-time carer or a parent or a family that have really, really sick kids, that this is what their life is like. You're now living living a carer's life. And, and it could be really, really good for people... To really understand now what their neighbour or their sister or their cousin or the woman down the road that has that sick child, what their life is really like.
0: Can we talk about homeschooling?
6: How do you feel? Oh God, panic. Panic just kicks in. Because, to be honest, I'm out of education. I finished school when I was 15, so that's, giving out my age here, 22 years ago. Do you know, everything has changed. I had no idea where to even start with this even trying to understand what she was to do in her homework was stressful for me I was reading do this do that and I'm like oh my god so the child had spent 15 minutes explaining to me what she had to do so that I could help her actually do it so tensions were getting very high then Mm -hmm. and she was getting frustrated because she didn't know how to do it and because I couldn't help her do you know what I mean and it just oh it escalated into absolute world war three I swear to god it was terrible we were arguing, we were screaming at each other. She was crying, absolutely shaken. She was so wound up and, and just uh, emotionally distressed over it. Did you
0: feel the pressure to kind of not let the side down? Yeah. For did you feel like I
6: felt the pressure, pressure myself as a parent that if my child didn't have all her homework done like everyone else's children did, that I would be frowned upon, that I would be, I don't know letting her down and letting myself down as a parent. Did
0: it affect the rest of the house, not
6: just you Oh my Molly. God, of course, of course. Because me and her started to fight. And and she stormed up into a room and she's howling, screaming. And I'm saying, will you stop? The neighbours will think that I'm killing you in there. And she's crying, you don't understand. And I'm crying going, will you just listen to me? And then... Patchy and Bella then are there wanting my attention or wanting something. So they're getting, not screamed that, but they're like, wait, wait, wait. So the whole house just erupted like a volcano of, of madness. So that's a whole day has been destroyed all over homework.
0: So Becky, there was a turning
6: point. I said, Molly, close your books, put that homework away. I'm going to I'm gonna speak to your teachers. And because she was crying, saying, oh, I can't not do it, ma'am, I'll get in trouble. And I was like, no, just... I'll deal with this. Did you feel a bit relieved? Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was a whole different turning point. This, this horrible situation that we were in suddenly flipped. That it was exciting. It was, I was going to get everything from my childhood, and I was going to teach them.
0: So life lessons with Becky
6: Furlong. Yeah. Talk me do some
0: of them. I need
6: to learn. Right. So it started with, with growing a few vegetables, which has now turned into one quarter of our garden is now a vegetable patch. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. That was all recycled wood that someone gave me, and we made the the boxes. And we've started to watch videos of grown vegetables. My mam ordered me a beautiful uh, vegetable um, book, so we have a, a go-to bible now of vegetables, grown vegetables. Okay, so grown vegetables. Yeah. And yeah. um, then we decided that we needed masks. So in. Buried in my shed was my sewing machine that was gone mouldy Nearly, early. I got a good scrub, so we decided to make masks. Like for your face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. protective masks. So you
5: and Molly do
6: this yeah. together? Yeah, yeah, really? we have. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. We can't see this on the radio,
6: so you
2: won't describe it. So there are these homemade masks, so you can say, away from the coronavirus when you're going around. We have all different patterns. This one, my one, has roses on it with polka dots and it's black. And did
0: you sew the elastic? Um, as well as sew it? Sometimes. sometimes.
2: You done these own? ones? Yeah, you? I done these ones. I think. Oh, Your patches Pat- Patrick has um a guitar one. This is and rock star one, isn't it? And and what did you learn to make the other day? My nanny used to make this crumble for my mum and all,
6: um, with berries, and we decided to make it. So we video called nanny, and nanny talked us through how to bake. Nanny's crumble, yeah. so she learned how to cook.
0: What do you think now that homeschooling is about?
6: I feel what's really important is to teach your kids what you know for life.
0: Ahmed and Rima are a young married couple from Dublin and they're learning a lot about each other during the lockdown.
5: I think not getting out of the house and being confined all the time You kind of lose your passion. I think there's almost like a sense where we've lost touch with reality. Like there's, you almost feel like you're in like a time loop or Mm. like a warp where you don't know what day it is. It's always a Sunday. Like, do you know kind of Mm. way? Yeah. What one are you having breakfast? Two (laughs) o'clock. Do you you know that kind of way? Like, you just no idea what's going on.
1: Yeah, you you wake up and you think, uh, is this a dream? But it it actually it's reality now. Mm. You know. uh, there's a, there was a say. I think truth is stranger than fiction, that's reality. And I always think of that now when I, when I wake up in the morning.
0: I, I know how important family is too, and you know, you see family every day practically. Basically, yeah. And now with the Covid, uh, you're probably on your own more than you've ever been before. Is it like a bit of a second honeymoon, or is it a bit of pressure, or how do you find it?
5: Well, I think, like, will I start? I think for me, because like I'm not working at the moment. Cause i was doing a lot of sub in schools the schools are obviously closed so i'm at home more than ahmed is because he's still working during the week and everything that so i feel like i could climb the wall some days do you know kind of way but i'd say like some days it's really nice to be together and it feels like you know the rest of the world is closed off so you have no option but to be together it's really nice we're making dinners we're watching movies you know, the other kind of way but then other days you're like oh my god if you breathe again I swear I'm going to (laughs) cry. So it's a bit of both. And I suppose we're learning new things about each other as well. What would you say about
1: that? Yeah, um, I I wouldn't go as far as to say it's like a second honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it is is good spending uh, quality time uh, with the missus. Um, I actually was off work for approximately a week. It was good at the start, but then, you know, I started going mental. Like, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, I was going out, you know, for, you know, the daily walks, you know, within two kilometers, etc. But um, you know, usually on your days off from work, you'd like to go into town, you know, shop around for a bit or, you know, go to the park, something. But, you know, you can't even do that. So, um, you know, as it is, like I'm a person at home that, you know, she's a witness. I like to, you know, go around cleaning the house and hoovering and all and I was doing it a bit too much and I was getting given out to just for yeah it was madness you know yeah yeah I,
5: I tend to have very cat-like tendencies I'd say I'm like very like oh I'll just lounge for like 12 hours of the day and then sleep for the next 12 hours
1: but no she needs <laughs> she needs to teach me her ways I have to learn how to be like a yes. cat you know a pro
5: at relaxing I need to teach him that and um, what's getting on my nerves about him I would say is just Say so like what most girls are feeling right now is the gaming. Do you know, like, oh my God, you're in the same house as me. How could you not want to give me all of your attention? Why are you still playing on the Xbox? Do you know? As most I say most girls at home, most women are like, yes, yes, tell him. I don't understand. Like it's it's been like six hours. Get off it. I'm right here. Hello. That's
1: a bit of an over exaggeration, six hours. <laughs> no, in no but I
0: do
5: think just that time does go into a bit of an yes. hour when
0: you are playing the Xbox. That's
1: whatever. understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: He knows he's
5: guilty. So, yeah, yep.
1: it's
0: a bit of both. I think the last time I met you, you were both in around finishing college. Yes. So, really embarking upon your careers and the excitement of all of that,
5: how has the COVID affected that? And i go on, you go first, because
1: you, you've course. graduated, like you're applying for stuff. OK, yeah, well, um, I did. a I actually did just graduate <laughs> in October of uh, 2019 in, in uh, mathematical sciences um, from Dublin Institute of Technology, which is now known as TUD. After I graduated and um, I just took a little bit of a, you know, a couple of months break to unwind from that hectic lifestyle. And I just stayed at my part time job um, in Tesco and um Afterwards, after the couple of months, I said, I'm going to start applying now for some jobs within my field of mathematical sciences. And um, probably about a week or two into it, that's when uh, the COVID restrictions happened. So I was thankful. I said, at least I still have my uh, retail job and um, I'm still, uh, you know, working yeah. full time. So just the as well.
0: outlets, the supermarkets are busier than ever. Mm-hmm. So Ramadan, mm-hmm. OK, not eating from...
5: Just till dawn Sunrise to sunset Sunrise to sunset Yeah Ramadan for us Like regardless of Of the COVID-19 Would be like a time For reflection A time for kind of Going back to like What is our fate What does it mean What can I apply to myself I've applied before Kind of like a self growth A spiritual journey um, Which I love like Taking taking part of Like every year And also decorating the house Having our Ramadan decorations So I suppose This year more than ever I think I need it anyway Because I've been going mad (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and of course, you love a good party too. Oh, yeah. 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 So the festival at the end of Ramadan, mm. really important. Yes. So who knows what's going to happen? Mm. Possibly not having the same social interaction.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to think of something else to do, you know, with within limits. And uh, we're not going to be able to see our friends and family uh, during that time. So...
5: you know, because I suppose for Ramadan, we kind of have solutions. So like a lot of the girls are like setting up Zoom meetings where we can like, you know, meet once a day, have a chat. How are we feeling about Ramadan? How is the fast affecting us? You know, reflect on maybe some passages of like scripture. But I suppose for Eid, like you want to be there, you want to celebrate. We have like Eid parties in like parks. We have bouncy castles. Kids are playing. There's like food stalls everywhere. Like you're eating ungodly amounts of food, ungodly amounts of samosa. So I don't know. It's a bit sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's, it's a It's a surreal. It's almost like, I suppose, the only way I can describe it is waking up on Christmas Day with no Christmas tree. Or presents. Weird. Yeah, or presents. Yeah. Like, it'd just be weird. Mm-hmm.
0: Just here to say hello. Kate is visiting her mother, Nell, at the window of her nursing home. And you're looking great. Absolutely, the colour is back in your face. Nell will be 80 tomorrow and birthday cards are arriving from all over the country. Chatting away, so she is. Which is great. Chatting away. Yeah. We'll see what happens when this is all over. Okay? Love you. Kate is so pleased to see her mother looking better after her recovery from COVID-19. Looking at her now, she's looking
7: great. She's healthy. She's eating. She's chatting away. Um, She's kind of making a bit of sense every now and again.
0: And is she asking after your dad?
7: She is now, yes. Um, I was just talking to her through the window and she just said she can't find him. Um, And you don't keep telling her that what's happened so she is looking for him um, and looking in his room to see where he is um, which is upsetting because
0: she, she yeah, she doesn't know what's going on John her husband of 55 years died from COVID-19 at the end of March
7: um, she was brought into his bedroom to see him when he had passed away but I don't think she comprehended what was going on mm. It didn't, like us all, it hasn't gone. It hasn't sunk.
0: So your dad came to the nursing home here two years ago. Yes. Why, why did he come here?
7: Parkinson's and vascular dementia. We still brought him out every Tuesday. Myself and my brothers and my sister would still, even when he could walk and then when he couldn't, we'd push them around and he would still love to go out for a pint and lo- love the social side of it, talking to people and um, getting out and about.
0: And then your mum joined him in here. Why, why did she come into the nursing home as
7: well? She got Parkinson's and liked the idea of coming up here to be with Dad. And they liked being together, having their meals together, sitting together, holding hands, all very lovey-dovey and watching telly together and a happy life here for the last two years. Very, very happy.
0: If it's okay, and don't worry if it's not, but can you talk to me about what you as a family experienced?
7: Well, we didn't experience anything because we weren't part of it. So we were all just at home waiting for phone calls every day for about two weeks. So it was me getting a phone call, Aruna getting a phone call from the nursing staff and then having to ring our brothers individually and repeat the the conversation. And we were doing that maybe once or twice a day, every day for about two weeks. Um, And then waiting for the final call. And we knew it was coming. Um and then having to ring your siblings and tell them that over the phone, couldn't be together. There was no there was no final goodbyes or holding his hand or no, it's it, it, I can't explain how horrible the whole thing is because it's not sunk into me. It's just something that ha- happened and we just were like automatically going through the process. Um and even his funeral, it was just us in individual cars. Father Paul in the South parish, thankfully gave him, allowed us into the church, obviously sitting correctly um, and gave him a, a little send-off that way and then straight to Dardistown. Um, there was no tears, there was no stories. We stood outside, we drank a little jemmy for him. And it was all done and dusted, I say, within an hour. And it was unreal that I buried my dad that morning, and I was home making dinner that evening. It was like nothing happened, because there was there was no send off, there was no seeing him, there was no crying, there was no. I'm getting upset now, right. but um, yeah, it was horrible, horrible time. I don't know how you that, uh, do that, Case. I, Brenda, I come up here, and I still think I'm going to see him, or that he's in there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? That he's around because I haven't got to do the closure thing. Um, Loves you mighty is his biggest saying and he says it to everybody, I love you mighty and I can hear him saying it in his Donegal accent. I love you mighty. So yeah it's not until we get complete closure that this will sink in.
0: Thanks again to everybody who told their stories and told us what life was like for them in Pandemic Ireland. Tomorrow, we will meet more families as spring turns to summer and the school year draws to an end. Join me at three. And until then, thank you for listening. This programme was produced by Eileen Hearn.